Hi there, and welcome to this edition of the HR Grapevine podcast here on hrgrapevine.com. My name is Eric Niewarowski, and this week we're going to continue on the conversation we had with Anthony James, the COO of Pink News. Pink News, of course, is a digital news publication that really focuses on issues and adds context to the stories that really impact the LGBTQ plus community throughout the world. And last week, Anthony discussed what more HR and businesses as a whole can do to really support our transgender and non-binary colleagues. And this week, we're going to broaden it out a bit more to talk about what HR can do for the entire LGBTQ plus community at work. Things like if you offer mental health, are those mental health resources trained in LGBTQ plus issues? Uh, other things like family planning issues that not only benefit a heteronormative person, but also someone within the LGBTQ community. So again, it was an enlightening conversation. I really appreciate Anthony's time, and I hope you take away as much as I did. So now... What advice would you give to HR teams to re-energize their DNI policies around LGBTQ plus colleagues, or in some cases even start? Mm-hmm. So I think I think uh, kind of similar to what we said about trans and non-binary people. I think that understanding the context of what life is like for many LGBTQ plus people is really important. So. Um, it wasn't so long ago that people didn't talk about LGBT, they just spoke about LGB. And definitely for LGB people, uh, things have improved a lot over the last few decades, but there are still many significant prejudices that many members of the LGBTQ plus community continue to experience every day, whether that's in the world of healthcare, where I used to work, and definitely there are a lot of health inequalities that LGBT people still face, right. whether that's in healthcare, social care, finance, legal education, whatever it may be people still experience significant discrimination, prejudice, and worse outcomes than their heterosexual colleagues um, across all of those different areas. And so I think being able to properly know that, understand the data that backs that up, and recognize that, yes, there has been progress, but just because people were able to get married, because we have protections under the Equality Act, uh, because there are pride celebrations around the world each year, doesn't mean that the journey is won, doesn't mean that there isn't still more progress that needs to happen. And sometimes because of the sheer volume of progress that's happened in a relatively small space of time, LGBT issues or LGB issues specifically, can sometimes it feels like be pushed slightly down the order of priority Uh or not giving the same attention that they might have been Uh, previously. Now, I think owning that is really important. And then I guess the next step is really about listening. So how are senior leaders or HR teams really connecting with their LGBTQ plus employees and other minority groups as well? So do they have an employee resource group? Uh, Does that ERG feel empowered? Is it actually representative? So does it include enough intersectional identities uh, that it truly reflects the broad range of needs of all LGBTQ plus people. No group will ever encompass every single viewpoint, but is it really representative of a broad enough range of people and perspectives that it's truly giving you insights into what LGBTQ plus issues are and what the things that you might need to put in place to really support all of your employees who identify within that group? And if not, what are the things that you can do to start 
addressing that. So I think, for, you know, there are big things that can get missed or not really prioritised. So we know, for example, that uh, mental health is a massive priority for supporting mental health for all employees is a massive priority but we know that for lgbtq plus people mental health concerns are you know they have much higher rates of incidence than in the heterosexual population so what can you do to be able to support your lgbtq plus people who are experiencing significant mental health concerns and it's and it's also like many pro companies will provide access to therapy or counseling but is it with lgbtq plus inclusive counselors or therapists Or when actually people start to access some of those benefits that you put in place in a very well-intentioned way, when your actual when your people from your employees from not just LGBTQ plus but other minority groups start to access those services, will they be met with people who really understand who they are and the specific needs that they have? Or will in fact they actually be treated again in kind of a LGBT people like a cis uh, heteronormative or cis normative way, which actually then further alienates them? makes can make their mental health worse and also pushes them further away from feeling engaged with the organization that they're working for as well so it's really easy to put things in place but have you fully considered who's providing those and other things that you can do to make sure that the providers of those services are as inclusive as possible um, that's something that we've you know throughout the pandemic obviously we've seen lots of people struggling with different mental health issues we have a great um, provider for our counseling who can provide specific lgbtq plus therapists or people who are really have specialists in that area or have particular interest in that area it's been a really useful thing for us to be able to signpost people towards uh at also at, you know regardless of what the issue is for them to have that there has been really important another big issue is around like family planning as well right um, you know for me and my husband we've been going through a surrogacy journey uh recently and unfortunately had a miscarriage towards the end of last year which was obviously really difficult to deal with um but in many organizations they might not have for example a miscarriage policy at all and then if they do does it take into account the specific journeys and experiences that other minority groups like lgbtq plus people face very different challenges when it comes to fertility and family planning than many heterosexual people do does it really incorporate all of those so there are like a few different areas whether that's mental health or family planning or others where having a really like kind of just strong look at what you're currently doing and if that's actually reflective of the people that work in your organization i think is re- is really really important um another you know we've spent a lot of time recently because we as i said don't have don't get everything right and are definitely not perfect one thing that we've identified is that within a couple of our teams we might have a lot of lgbt people but we're not particularly representative when it comes to things like ethnic minorities or uh-huh. disability and so we're really having a strong look at our kind of recruitment processes at the minute to think like why are we not appealing to certain groups are there things which we can do to address those and how can we make our team as diverse as possible like if you looked at depending on how you measured diversity you could say pink news is the most diverse team in the world probably because we have so many lgbtq plus people that work here but what we want to do is actually really dig down into that and and look at how we reflect the community that we serve across all of the different areas and for us like intersectionality is such an important thing and um, in the kind of the content that we're trying to create the mission that we're trying to serve and the audience that we're trying to connect with that we need our team to reflect the people that we the audience that we serve as well so there are things, you know there are always lots of things that you can do i guess going back to your original question for me it's about um it's about understanding that things have got better but are by no means perfect and there's still a long way to go for true 
uh, equity when it comes to LGBTQ plus people. And so knowing, having that knowledge and truly understanding that and, and agreeing with that is important. And then also just thinking about how you're connecting with the community and how you're really understanding the specific needs that they have rather than kind of a more superficial look at the broad needs of a large kind of thinking, looking at things in a homogenous way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I think um, uh, you've, you've, uh, it's going to take me like a second just to unpack all that great information you just, you just shared. <laughs> so um, thanks for that. Yeah. So it, it, it sounds like, you know, uh, it's, it's not a monolith right? There's a lot of different shapes and sizes. Um, and it's certainly these, all the policies that you spoke of, they're not really a one size fits all approach. So how often are you kind of reevaluating? And this is within your personal role as, you know, CEO, how often are you reevaluating these policies and evolving? I mean, I think the thing is that we, as you said, there's no one type fits all approach to any of these policies. And it's important for us to have the right policy in place, but then also be for that to be flexible for the specific needs of each and every individual. So we don't we will review our policies regularly. So at least every couple of years, we'll mm-hmm. like go through a formal process of reviewing our handbook and all of our workplace policies. But if things are flagged by members of the team at any point, we are always open to kind of reevaluating and reassessing things and just listening to how the current policies we have don't are not kind of meeting their needs or requirements or often policies that we don't actually have yet that we that people would say why haven't you got this what do you think about this what can you be doing to support us on this specific issue so um you know like the miscarriage one was a, a big one for us because we also have like a a very young team many of whom right. have not even thinking about having a family yet but having then that personal experience made us say we actually don't have a miscarriage policy in place at the minute let's build something which can be uh, kind of a gold standard inclusive miscarriage policy, which then as our team, uh, either team get older and start their own family journeys, or we have other people joining who are going through the kind of family planning process that they can feel supported and recognized by those. So we're kind of always open to it. Uh, to adding things or making changes and we're the most important thing that we're committed to is doing that based on feedback and open communication with the whole team Um, you know as I said like we're a small organization so in the beneficial position to be quite agile and um, flexible when it comes to these things but I think even as we continue to get bigger and you know the team is more than doubled in size over the last 18 months we've got intentions to kind of do the same over the next uh, one to two years. So as the team continues to get bigger, for me, the foundations of our approach to kind of HR and workplace policies is one which will always be kind of flexible and based on the list, listening that we can do to our team. It's really to me about creating a culture of engagement with the team and doing everything that we can so that they can feel really part of that process. Because really, we're just trying to, again, uh, like we start, well, like we serve the needs of our audience, we really want to serve the needs of our team. And so it's really, uh, you know, it was reflected back to us when we talked about the miscarriage policy. Well, you can't know everything that right. people would experience. Your personal experiences have been important in this one policy, but what about everybody else's experiences? And, you know, that's just kind of reaffirmed to us the fact that we just want to keep listening. And no idea is a bad idea when it comes to workplace policies not everything that might get put into action or stay the same as that initial idea but we really want to be led by our team because they are also the ones who know best the issues which affect the lgbtq plus community and other minority groups as well 
Yeah, that's great. I think active listening really is the key. And also one of the trends that we are seeing is more sort of, um, you know, uh, reevaluations of more family leave policies. I think Channel 4 has just introduced a miscarriage policy as well. Um, also something like paternity leave is huge. And again, where I come from, like there's not even, uh, you're, you're, like even maternity leave is still a real, considered a benefit, like a real plus. Um, so again, just another, one of the many, 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 many reasons I'm much more happier here in the UK than in the US. So how do you personally ensure that all people and identities feel included at Think News? So definitely, as I said before, that kind of active listening part is really, really important. And um, uh, and encouraging that culture of like true engagement with all of our employees is really something which I value and all of our HR team really value. But for me, it's also specifically at Pink News, it's also really important for us to think about the specific stresses and concerns faced by particularly our journalists and content mm-hmm. creators, because as, I, as we spoke about at the beginning of this, um, the environment that we operate in is particularly hostile when it comes to specifically trans and non-binary issues. But, you know, across the board, if you're talking about LGBTQ plus issues, there will always be hate, trolling and prejudice that people experience in their day to day work. So being able to support people who many of whom are LGBTQ plus and so are facing their own personal uh, can sometimes be facing their own personal issues to then be getting subjected to that as part of their work is a really difficult thing to have to manage. And so we do, you know, really have to support the team that we have who are, you know, want to be working in this area because they really care fundamentally about the issues that they're writing about and reporting on. But still, just because they want to be doing that, it's still a more you know, it's a kind of high risk environment to be working in when it comes to your mental health. And so we have to be really aware of those specific challenges that our team is facing. And it's why we've added in a lot of different uh, mechanisms to try and support people's mental health, particularly throughout the pandemic, when people are also working in isolation in their home rather than in a team where they were able to support one another in a slightly different way as well. So that's really important for us. So listening to the team, understanding their specific challenges and needs in both the industry we work in as well as the team that we have uh, is really important but then also listening to our audience as I said we've got now nearly just over 60 million unique monthly users that is also a massive source of knowledge and information particularly when we're thinking about the next generation entering the workforce as well we've got a huge audience in Gen Z who are particularly engaged with loads of our content on Snapchat so being able to kind of learn and listen from that audience and from our uh, other audience on the web and social as well is really important and a really great place to be learning like over Christmas we did a Christmas campaign which was looking at kind of some of the challenges LGBTQ plus people face over the holidays Mm -hmm. and um, we had like quite an overwhelming response to the surveys and questionnaires that we put out to our audience so using the kind of engagement we've been able to build with our audience to learn is really really important as well. So we've got our team, we've got our audience, but then it's also about, for me, connecting with the wider LGBTQ plus community. So LGBT charities, activists, and Mm -hmm. other um, figureheads within the community is really important for us to speak to and listen to. And we do a load of great work with lots of different charities, uh, whether that's the Kaleidoscope Trust or Human Dignity Trust. And there's a lot for us to be able to learn from all of those organizations who are trying to address the same issues that we are as an organization, but coming in from it in their own, from their own angles and with their own perspectives. 
And for me, that's like one of the most amazing things about working at Pink Users, being part of a really vibrant community where we all are genuinely interested in learning from one another and connecting, particularly now that we're coming hopefully slightly out of the pandemic, being able to do more stuff face-to-face. At Pink News, we're really excited about getting our events back off the ground, which will always uh, kind of a representation of the amazing convening power that we have as an as a as a business. So we're really looking forward to getting back to being able to do more stuff face-to-face to provide those spaces for, I'll just say that again, because my like thing went off, to provide those spaces for the LGBTQ plus community to come together and decide on what's next for the community. So listening to our team, listening to our audience, and listening to the wider community are the really, really important things for me. And it's, I think, how we can do our best work as well as do our best to support all of our team members as well. So Andy, once again, thank you for sharing all your insights. It was a very enlightening conversation and um, thank you so much. No problem, thank you so much for having me. Well, once again, I'd just like to thank Anthony James from Pink News for uh, sharing his insights with me over the last couple of weeks. I'll be back next week with a new edition of the HR Grapevine podcast. And for all of your news that really impacts the people function, please continue to check out hrgrapevine.com. <laughs>